Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant. Number 47 today, North Melbourne, very much an inspirational footballer talking about Ben Cunnington on the podcast today. Joining me, uh, he's already been on an episode in 2023. We had to get him back. I've got Jordox. Hello, mate. How are you, my friend? I'm great, MJ. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, an absolute pleasure. Look, Ben Cunnington's a real interesting guy that for some people, pre-positions wouldn't have even been factored into being a relevant option. Drops and picks up the mid-forward status, rockets up people's boards thinking, oh, this is going to be one of the best stepping stones of the year. And then in some formats, doesn't quite get the value at his price that people think. And that is why he certainly deserves his spot inside the 50 most relevant, but right towards the lower end of what we're doing in this 2023 season. He is mid-forward, 31 years of age. And last year, just a couple of games and his highest scores and averages reflect nothing of what he's really done outside of his debut season. His top scores last year came against the Adelaide Crows in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. It was a 62, while in Supercoach, it was a 57. In 2022, his average is a 52.5 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and a 49.5 in Supercoach. Uh, from a career perspective, these are nowhere near what he has done. A 147 against the West Coast Eagles all the way back in 2018 and a monster 185 against the Saints in 2020. Yeah, the guy, when he gets going, certainly can score. From a price point, 419,000 in Supercoach, just a touch under 670 in AFL Fantasy and also just over 630. $50,000 in Dream Team. And Jordox, if we're offering positions in the 50 most relevant based on obstacles to have overcome, not only would have he made it in, he'd probably be in the top five because for the man to overcome what he did last year is inspirational, not just from a footy sense, but from a pure humanity sense. Absolutely. It was a great story, wasn't it, MJ? And, and it, you know, his, his comeback game happened to be against the Crows, which I was annoyed about at the time. <laughs> so I didn't want them having any um, extra motivation to win that game. But no, it's great to see him back. Um, a real hard nut of the comp. He's been around for a long time now. Sort of underrated, I think it's fair to say, in a, in a footy sense. Um, but, you know, any North fan listening to this will know exactly, um, you know, the shin bonus spirit, heart and soul type player that he's been for them. But none yeah, of that, that really relates to this. This is about what can he do for our fantasy side. Well, that's true. And looking through the 2020 data, I think you've got to put a real big kind of push to the side with that two games, overcoming cancer, having no preseason whatsoever. Um, it, it stands out absolutely as an aberration. So, so we'll do that for a moment and look into his most recent full season of AFL football and boy, his 2021 year was absolutely stunning 
And it gives a great little glimmer for coaches looking for some value off this stepping stone price point. He gives some real nice maneuvers that might just show you that he could be not just a stepping stone option and make you some cash, but he could be a premium. All the way back in 2021, he ranked second in the league for clearances and contested possessions. Furthermore, he ranked third for center clearances and 10th for center stoppages. Yeah, this boy is an absolute weapon. When there's a ball to be won and there's players around him, Cunnington more often than not leads well into that space. From a fantasy perspective in 2021, he averaged the 99.2. That season included seven tons, which featured a 126 and a 131. A couple of other scores over 95, and he didn't drop his scoring under 70 all year. Now, while that was a career-high seasonal average, he's a regular 82 to 88 seasonal average. So based on his price point in those two formats, there's already about 15 points per game of value based off what he's done career-wise, let alone what he did on that 2021 season. He's always been a better super coach performer though, Jordox. And uh, you can see that by his 2021 year. It was a personal best average of 108.7. He registered nine tons, six of them over 120. And in fact, he went in an eight game stretch of consecutive triple figure scores where he averaged 124. We talked about these previous seasons. Well, he averaged 88, 94, and 82, plus an adjusted average of 82.5 in Dream Team and Fantasy over the previous four. While in Supercoach between 2017 and 2020, he went 91, 96, 102, and 102. So even if you're thinking a return to 2021 might not happen, a previous four years average of 86.6 in Dream Team and Fantasy and 97.75 in Supercoach Jordox does now put him in the conversation to be not just relevant, but someone to consider if he fits your structure. Yeah, and those two games in 2022, they did play in the back end of the year. You know, you're, we, we, you can disregard the scores and, and, and that, you know, come from a long way back. But those two games actually provide us with the gift, which is the forward mm. status, because without that, um, and I presume he was playing off a half forward flank, you know, just easing himself back into the AFL, um, AFL level. But with forward status, he enters the conversation. Without yes. it, you know, I don't think we are discussing him at all. No, it's very, very true. And there's two types of value, because there's there's no doubt that it was people are looking at Cunnington and going, yeah, his value, but but there's two types of value. There's potential, and then there's proven. The potential where there's a lot of guys that are in that breakout range, it's all about forecast, possibility, if he's got the right role, if the cards fall his way. It's all a lot of ifs when it comes to proven potential. It doesn't mean they're wrong, but they're all forecast and hoped and not really shown. With Cunnington, it is proven potential. He has shown for a decade. He's a regular 80, 85, high 80s averaging guy in Dream Team and Fantasy. 90s and 100s is a regular occurrence for him in Supercoach. So when we talk about value, Ben's a proven value performer based on his price points. There's no concern of, is he in the best 22? Because if he's fit, He's in the best 22. I know some have got some concerns about role. We'll talk about them in a second. But 
the probably the bigger question I think people probably are looking at, Jordox, and I'm keen on your take here, is when we talk about value in the forward lines, it's a tough structure to get for us this year, really, isn't it? Is um, you've got elite top end guys. Josh Dunkley certainly leads the pack for a big chunk of the of not value, but of the premium performers that we have. You could throw a bunch of other names, but let's use Dunkley as, as kind of the universal agreed top line forward. You've got some great value rookies that we're looking at. Just in Supercoach alone, there's guys like a Mateus Philippou, who's a very popular pick in a lot of starting squads. You've got Ben King in Supercoach under $200,000. Josh Bruce under $200,000. Toby McLean under $200,000. Again, this is just purely Supercoach for a moment. And then you've got an interesting guy. Maybe let's stay in the super coach space. For 100000 cheaper, you've got a Nat Fife. And coaches might struggle to squeeze Cunnington in when you've got the top end you want, the cows you want, and another very nice stepping stone guy that really could be a genuine premium. Yeah, and let's be honest, we're, we're pretty spoiled for choice in the forward line. The amount of players... <clears throat> the amount of midfielders that have picked up forward status, it's going to make our starting squads quite a squeeze in that, in that just to find six spots on field. Um, and I think talking super coach being probably where I'd lean towards starting a Cunnington, I, I'm not sure there's enough there for me in dream team and fantasy at this point, but it, interesting that you mentioned Fife because they're quite comparable in terms of type of player um, picking yeah. up forward status, have had interrupted seasons for you know varying reasons, both absolute guns in their prime, yeah. now in the twilight of their careers, possibly playing more forward. So I think Cunnington and Fife, if I could include him in it as well, they're sure. two of the biggest probably um, pre-season watch guys, and that's a bit, you know, obviously everyone's pre-season watch at sure. this stage, early January. But for me to have a go at a Cunnington, you'd want to be really clear that he is fit, ready to go, and that he will be playing, you know, pr- predominantly midfield. My, my concern with him playing midfield, and I know you're quite bullish on him doing it, is just mm. the way, you know, obviously the, the profile of North Melbourne, a young side in rebuild, and they're not short of, you know, really good up-and-coming midfielders that they're going to want to see exposed. So... Putting Cunnington straight back into the guts would be great and it's probably going to help them on field and on the scoreboard. But developing guys like LDU, you know, to a lesser extent, Jai Simpkin has been around longer. But that young crop in the last few drafts that they've brought in, they're really going to want to expose them to lots of midfield minutes. Where, where does that leave Cunnington off a half-forward flank? Um, is that going to be conducive to scoring that's going to be worth the punt? Maybe Supercoach, yes. I'm not too sure on the other two. Yeah, well, you're alluding to those three players in. George Wardlaw, um, who was recently drafted as a first-rounder, and then a couple of seasons back in Tom Powell and Will Phillips. Uh, a kind of that three. And, and that is the concern I think others do have around Cunnington. If you're looking for reasons not to pick Cunnington, they become, oh, structurally, I can't fit him in. I like other stepping stones around there, or I'm just purely going for a guns and rookies approach in my forward or midfield. 
And then the other is around role. Because that's probably where North Melbourne are at their deepest in terms of feeling like they've got their best talent. LDU, Simpkin, and then those three kids that I mentioned. Greenwood is another that has rolled through there. I think Liam Shields is there only as coaching, culture, and an insurance policy and not really much else. What I have noticed over watching the AFL over the past few years is if you go too young, too often, you do some serious damage to not just your culture, but how you actually function as a team. And so the reason I'm really quite confident that I still see Cunnington as one of the primary movers in their midfield is he offers something that they need, which is not just culture, not just the shin bone of spirit that you alluded to, but he's an elite clearance winner. And he will teach guys like LDU, who's only really shown bursts over a dozen games. Um, Simpkin, who's always been there, but never really fully lived up to his potential, let alone a relatively untried and tested, newly drafted trio over the past few years. They need that experience. They need that big body. They need that clearance to be able to help them through there. So for me, I'm not so worried that he'll disappear drastically from that midfield unit. He'll need to find other parts to his game through that half forward flank, but I still see him as very much a 60% center bounce attendance guy, more than comfortably through there. I think you're right. The other option before we talk about him uh, in terms of where it sits is he does have a very nice buy. Round 15, the final buy, he gives you the opportunity to do multiple things at his price point. Number one, run him for the year if he's absolutely dominating. Awesome. Number two, run him up to his buy and then get that forward that you need to coming off the round 12 or 14 buy rounds. Or the third option, we've got more trades in these limited trade formats than we've ever had before. And so a couple of rounds in, in Dream Team and Supercoach, if he's not delivering the way you'd expected, there'll be a guy in that range that is, whether it be through the midfield or the forward line, and you can just easily use that trade and cut your loss and move off. So for me, I, I think to look at a Ben Cunnington and go, I am discounting him across all the formats so early in January when clubs aren't even back yet from their summer Christmas break, it is a little bit rushed. He's got the upside to be a brilliant low value pick that could hold to the bottom edge of what our premium forwards do this year. That's his upside. The downside, he doesn't really pop. And you use a trade to get the guy that is. And that's the other the thing if it, if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't work out early days. The, the thing that's put me off him a little is his pricing in fantasy and dream team. Sure. You know, I think for a moment there, I thought he'd be um, much cheaper based on his very small output in 2022, but he didn't play enough games. So it's off his career best year that discount yeah. applied. So my point is when I looked at it, preparing for this chat today, I, he was, he was much dearer than I thought, but that can be a positive for two reasons. One, he becomes more unique. Uh, you know, less people are going to have a crack because of that price tag. And then two, if things don't work out and it's, say it's round three on the bubble or whenever it may be and you need to jump off, he's already carrying a bit of that cash. So yeah. usually when you start someone like this sort of player, it, it'd be hoping to make 100 to 200K and then jump off. 
he'll already be there because he's starting at, um, well, I know he's at six, around the 600 in Dream Team. I don't know if you're, you've got the other prizes. Yeah, there. yeah, 630 in Dream Team, 668 in Fantasy, and just 419 in Supercoach. Yeah, so on using his price as the example as well, another option that I'd be leaning to, and, and you're right, it's too early to rule someone like that out, um, but would be not to start him. And, and not be fearful that he'll get away. So if yep. he's doing really well and you've got one of the top guys scoring similar or, or not starting as well, you know, you can always um, downgrade, save two or 300K to a guy. You've seen him do it for a couple of rounds. So yep. yeah, there's, nice. a lot of, there's a lot of options around a guy like that. And, and I think it, it just um, leans itself to what I was saying, that was forward for choice. When you look at the, the, the guys we can pick in our forward lines this year, um, he's just another one to go in the pile. Yeah, no, look, for me, he's he's someone to seriously consider and put on the watch list. Much similar, albeit different vein, but the way we talked about Aaron Hall to kick off the 50 most relevant. There's a lot of flags and a lot of concerns and a lot of reasons to instantly discount someone. But you, the month of January for fantasy coaches shouldn't be about ruling guys out for your consideration it should be opening up the possibilities looking at what a player could do how it fits into your side and structure and how it might if the things that happen as intra-clubs start to happen the preseason matches as injuries start to unfold as the way clubs are structuring up these all become elements so for me ben cunnington is right in the mix of someone to seriously consider and definitely super coaches is one that it's more favored to than the others, but certainly he's someone you could really look at in the other formats. All right. So let's talk about Ben on draft day and where he goes. Probably we, we've talked about the super coach versus the other formats, Jordan. So it's probably going to be certainly dependent in those two formats. And maybe the variance of where he goes depends on when your draft is. Um, where are you happy to take him on draft day? Because I think Supercoach, he'll certainly in those formats gets drafted earlier. Where do you think he should be getting picked up across our drafts? Yeah, certainly my mindset is always leaning towards the dream team side of things because, um, because as you said, Supercoach would be much earlier than probably what I'm about to say. But I'm pretty excited about the thought of getting him pretty late, maybe even as an F2, which sounds mm. bonkers. But... I think there's a chance for it. There's a couple of reasons. Um, his average of in the 50s means he'll be pages in. Yes. Um, depending That's on true. how you order your players. But most will do it from average. Um, and then it's exciting because he's actually been a draft guy. He's always been a draft guy. He, like you said, he, that average between you know, 80 to 90 as a pure mid, that's, that's fine in, in, in drafts. You can, yeah. you can you know, the, you know, M4 or M5, whatever it is. But now he's a forward, so um, I think he'll be forgotten about. I think you'll be able to get him. In some leagues, he will. Yeah. yeah. Look, for me in Supercoach, he's right in that mix to be a top 30 forward for me. And again, that's purely just based on what he can do. So you could get a guy with F2 to F3 potential that, again, depending on the knowledge of the people in your league, that might be where you have to reach for him as an F3 because people will look for value. Salary cap hype does influence draft coaches. Timing of draft does mean everything. But for, for me, I think Cunnington's a, a pretty safe 
top 30 forward in Supercoach. So I'm very, very comfortable jumping on him. And in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, when guys are, are looking for these potential breakout hoped guys at F3 and F4, I'd be very, very happy at, at an F4 space to, to jump on a Cunnington, no problems. The, the thing with the forwards, though, is if you've tried to rank them out yet, here's what I'll say. In Dream Team and Fantasy, it falls away real quick, like real quick. The top end is good. Then there's a, a, a not too bad kind of middle dozen or two. And then you start getting out of the 30 range and it gets pretty ugly. And so Cunnington might attract some attention for people that are just looking for names rather than actual roles or elements. So that's the only thing I, I, I'd say about that. But, but I agree. If you can jag Cunnington on the later part of your draft, man, there's just F2, upside. F2, F3 would be very good, I think. Yeah, and you'd be probably drafting on the later side with those kind yeah. of F2 or F3s, not where everyone else is jumping in F2 or F3. You're probably jumping your M5, your M6, or, or your D3s while they're doing that. So, yeah, I, I agree. If, you, if he's your F2, you've had to have gone heavy in other lines, but if you can get that balance out, then yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't mind that approach. Hey, some nice work from you today, Jordux. Appreciate it. No worries, MJ. Good to be on. If you want to go and check out the article, it is online for you now. You can check it out at coachespanel.tv. It's got all the links for every other player we have revealed so far. And in 60 seconds time, I'm going to give you a little clue to help you figure out who's at number 46. Firstly, a big thank you, though, to Mark Kempster. He's just become a brand new Patreon at our premium tier. So thank you to you. If you want to be like Mark, you get access to a bunch of exclusive content. You actually get these podcasts 24 hours early and a bunch of other rewards. All the links to join our Patreon supporter group, you can find them at coachespanel.tv. If you're loving the podcast so far, do leave a five-star rating and review. And tomorrow we get to the number 46 player in the 50 most relevant. Here's some clues for you. He has picked up a new position in 2023. For some, he is a lock in their side. For others, they haven't considered him. And some got so badly burnt by him at his front half of the season that despite flying home last year, they're not considering this guy in 2023. Who is he? Our premium and breakout Patreons know. But you, you can either join them or wait till tomorrow. Even if you, now keep it true.